Welcome to the Rev Series podcast for Sunday the 18th of December. It is our nativity service and you're welcome. We share the story of the nativity from Luke's Gospel read by Freya. Our young folks Ava, James and Ruby share it in poem format at the end based on the alphabet nativity that they'll be performing along with the others in church and included as a reflection that I've used for the online service and will use for our nursing home service later today. I hope that you enjoy this trip through the Nativity and ponder its power for us today. The birth of Jesus. At that time, the Emperor Augustus ordered a census to be taken throughout the Roman Empire. When this first census took place, Quirinius was the governor of Syria. Everyone then went to register himself, each to his own town. Joseph went from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to the town of Bethlehem in Judea. The birthplace of King David, Joseph went there because he was a descendant of David. He went to register with Mary who was promised in marriage to him. She was pregnant and while they were in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have her baby. She gave birth to her first son, wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. There was no room for them to stay in the inn. The shepherds and the angels. There were some shepherds in the part of the country who were spending the night in the fields taking care of their flocks. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone over them. They were terribly afraid but the angel said to them, don't be afraid, I am here with good news for you which will bring great joy to all the people. The ver- this very day in David's town, your Saviour was born, Christ the Lord. And this is what will prove it to you. You will find a baby wrapped in ships of cloth lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great army of heaven's angels appeared with the angels singing praises to God. Glory to the God on the highest heaven and peace on earth to those who with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them back to back into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and saw the baby lying in the manger. When the shepherds saw him, they told them what the angel had said about the child. All who heard it were amazed at the shepherds what the shepherd said. Mary remembered all these things and thought deeply about them. The shepherds went back singing praises to God for all they had heard and seen. It had been just as the angels had told them. Amen. Just for a moment or two, let us ponder on the power of the nativity. The word nativity is an old middle word uh, from the Middle Ages time um, with French connotations as well. And it simply means the feast of the birth or the celebration of a new birth. And over time, it's really become associated with the birth of Jesus Christ and tends to be the only time that we use that. It obviously wasn't used, for example, when my eldest child was born. We didn't talk about the nativity of Kieran, but we certainly did talk about the birth of Kieran. He was treated like royalty. I was in my first charge in a wee village called Forth, or The Forth, 
Um, and it was a, a great place really to become a new mum. And I learned lots about Scottish traditions that I hadn't come across. You don't really come across them until the circumstances arise, I guess. But I would take Kieran for a walk through the village and I would be stopped so many times, people having a wee look in, a wee peek to see the baby boy and put a penny or usually a pound coin in his, in, in his pram. And I would end up getting home and trying to fish all this money out. And I did worry on occasions that he would choke on it, but obviously he was too little. It wasn't bothered by it. But Kieran, before he was even a few weeks old, had already made a small fortune. And apparently this was something that was traditional. It was good luck. His christening took place, his baptism took place, and I have two boxes in the attic full of Kieran's christening gifts. And his first Christmas, honestly, I kid you not, it took seven adults about three hours to open all of his gifts. My second child, Jessica, who arrived just shy a few, uh, four years later or so, well, let's say her bank account didn't have as much. There weren't as many presents around the tree and certainly there's only one box of gifts in the attic. If you're a second child, I'm sure you can totally understand where Jessica is coming from. And it's not because people were stingy. It was just obviously things had moved on. Kieran was the first child born to the, to the Amance family in a very long time. But it does go to show how special the birth of a child is. And there's something, even for me, who isn't particularly maternal, there is something amazing about the birth of a child. Those little feet, those little hands, that first smile that somebody always tries to reassure you wasn't really a smile, but something else. And I'll leave that for you to think about. But I think that's the power of the nativity. There is something about the birth of a child that draws us together. Unlike Easter or Pentecost or any other special occasion, even a baptism or communion, despite the numbers that that would draw in, the nativity has a way of reaching everyone, of crossing those boundaries. Over the past week, I have attended five nativities. Well, four officially, and then the Sunday nativity. So I have been in schools, I have listened, I have witnessed the Bossy King, the rock and roll nativity, we've got the alphabet nativity, uh, Hosanna Rock even had Elvis and Frankenstein in it, yeah. I know, but they told the story of the nativity to rooms, to halls full of adults of all ages, because there was parents and grandparents, you name it, eh, young children, older children, all there hearing once again the story of the nativity through song, through readings, through drama, through um, poignant moments. I mean, it was really, really special. Each one brought to life the story of Mary and Joseph, of angels and shepherds, of wise men and camels, of, of attitudes and uh, arrogance, showing really the full emotions of human beings in this storytelling, where there's risk-taking, where there's intrigue, where there's you know, King Herod, and there's so much going on in this story, so dramatic. And yet, 
It tells the story of a saviour, of one who has been born to save the world. And it is perhaps the one time where the Christian gospel is shared unashamedly in a public environment. Again and again and again. One narrator at the end of the school's presentation of the Nativity quoted scripture and spoke of those words, for God so loved the world that he sent his one and only son that whoever believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And went on to say, for Jesus came into the world not to condemn it, but to save it. Those words were heard clearly across that room of say a hundred people. Most churches would give anything for a hundred people to hear that. A hundred people, some of whom would have a church background, but not all. Even those who don't believe are given the opportunity every year to hear a story of hope, of faith, of great challenge, of danger, of characters we can relate to. And I suppose the question the church has to answer each and every year is, how do we build on that? How do we take this message of love, peace, hope, joy forwards? Or do we crush it and suffocate it? And so you might be tempted to argue, but they're just performances. It's just theatre. They're just an audience. But even scripture comments that hearing the message is more important than who spoke it. Jesus said anyone who performed a miracle in his name would not be able to speak evil about him. And we never know what seeds are planted, what curiosity is spiked, where people wonder, maybe there is something more than this. The story of a, the birth of a child captures our imagination and it speaks to us of a future yet unwritten is also a huge responsibility that we are given as Christians, as the church, because we are called to care for that child in the manger and for all that he stood for. Not literally, perhaps. I do remember the first time I gazed at Kieran in his wee plastic cot in that hospital ward. He was born in the early hours of the morning and thankfully both of us got a bit of sleep. And I got up and I stood at the end of his bed, the end of my bed, and I looked down at him. I couldn't even bring myself to lift him. I didn't know what to do. And that wave of responsibility that swept over me and I, I looked at him and, and said to him, I don't know what to do. And I'd read all the books. I knew all the stuff. I'd heard all of it. I'd been to every parenting class, but I still didn't actually know what to do when the moment came. And maybe there's something about that in the journey of faith for so many. They've heard it all, they know it all, but they don't actually know what to do when that moment of responsibility, of faith, of accepting Jesus becomes real to them. But I also know that in that moment I realized how valuable his life is. My wee boy's life lay for that time in my hands. And it's never really left, even though he's now taller than me and he's 16 and he thinks he knows it all, God love him. And yet, I remember my mum 
saying that no matter how old I get, she still worries about me, she still feels responsible for me. And perhaps for us, the power of the nativity is in the fact that yes, this story reaches everyone, but it also speaks of acceptance, of responsibility, of faith. We are called as Christians to follow Jesus, to be responsible for his life in this world. We are to look after ourselves as the body of Christ, but as the body of Christ, we take that body into the world to meet people where they're at, to be like Jesus and let Jesus be Jesus to them. Therefore, Jesus is the gift that keeps giving and we can't hold him to ourselves. To steal another's line, Jesus is not just for Christmas, he is for life, indeed life eternal. You are loved by Jesus Christ and this wonderful story reminds us that all life is held in God's hands and until he returns or calls me home, on Christ the solid rock I'll stand. So this Christmas as we remember Mary and Joseph, angels and shepherds, wise men and camels, donkeys and a baby in a manger wrapped in swaddling cloths, let us remember that God loved us so much. He gave us his son, tiny, vulnerable and needing looked after by us human beings. And a baby who grew to be a boy, who grew to be a man and who would one day sacrifice his life for us, even though we did not deserve it. This God who gave his son as a baby would later raise him from dead to life and therefore defeat the power of death over our lives, taking from us its fear, its hold. And he promises one day to return in all his glory and there won't be any babes in a manger for that one. But for maybe a moment, there's something about just sitting by that manger and remembering that God loved us so much he risked everything. The story doesn't actually begin at the manger but it's as good a place as any to stop and remember God knows what it is to be you, what it is to be me, what it is to be human, God Emmanuel, God with us. Amen. We're going to have a poem now that's brought to us by Ava, James and Ruby. The Christmas Story Alphabet. This is a quick recap of the story you've been told. The story of the alphabet nativity of old. An angel's the beginning, then the birth in Bethlehem. A census was the reason Joseph went back there again. A donkey carried Mary, and then everyone said no, till finally they found a place some angels pointed go. And so the shepherds hurried there when told what had occurred. Important Jesus, King and Lord Messiah, what they heard. So on to new beginnings and gifts and offerings of praise that came to Jesus with the visit of the kings. They, they quietly paid their respects the Saviour had been born. Thank you, Jesus, that you came for us on Christmas morn. Though so unlikely victory came, they worshipped you, the one. For Xmas marked the spot of the greatest treasure, God's own son. So why, ask you, the question, as Zed finishes our play, have you left baby Jesus simply sleeping in the hay? Zzz.
thank you to Ava, James and Ruby for sharing the alphabet, nativity and poem form. It is a wonderful story to share and I hope that you have enjoyed reflecting on it once again. Whatever this week brings, especially in the run up to Christmas, I pray that you have a very blessed week and may you know the peace, joy, hope and love of the Christ child. God bless you and a very Merry Christmas.